SeatGeek. I think baseball games can be a great first date. I mean, like, why not, right? Who made up this rule? There's nothing more romantic than two people sharing their passion, especially if you have great seats. Because then you can make it to the kiss cam, and if you make it and he kisses you on the kiss cam, and then, you know, it's real. It's the real deal. Like ring stuff, wedding stuff. Get your seat tickets to sports, concerts, and live events. Seat Geek. Get your seat in a seat. Use promo code Bronx Machachos and save $20 off your first purchase. and you're listening to the Bronx Muchachos. Yo, what's up, everybody? And welcome to the newest edition of the Bronx Muchachos podcast. I'm your host, Mark. And tonight we got two special guests of ours. One name you've been seeing for a while, the Sandman himself, Scott Sanders. What up? And of course, our brother from another mother, from one of our day ones, Mr. Paul Wynn from Prospect 1500. Hey, good evening, guys. What's going on? Good evening, guys. All right. Hey, everyone, you guys know the drill by now. You rate, subscribe, review, like, hit us up, Apple, Spotify, Google, Odyssey, uh, Amazon, um, Pandora, all the places. You know where it is. You know where to be. For everyone watching, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, hit us up in the chats. Let us know what what you're thinking. Um, And also, uh, you guys know what to do now. You know where we're at. We got our own website, Bronx Muchachos, www.bronxmuchachos.com where we got a lot of things happening this this coming year. We got a lot of articles coming out, got a lot of fun things happening. And <clears throat> of course, you hit us up, we got our merch store out there. We got other we got other subscribing things like uh like SeatGeek, which is the place to be for everything, anything you need for tickets. You want spring training, you want basketball, you want hockey, you want college baseball which starts tomorrow, which it will be Friday for most of you who will be listening to this. Go catch a game, let us, you know, go get your favorite places. SeatGeek Use Bronx, use our code Bronx Muchachos, all one word, all capital letters. Get twenty bucks off your first order. So, boys, yesterday was the was one of our my favorite days of the year, hmm. other than International Signing Day, which is P's and C's have reported. Pitchers and catchers are here, which means it's baseball season, boys. So, let me add, let me let me swing it around the way. There's a lot of things happening. You know, everyone's catching up that. Jason Dominguez is, is out there. He's shagging fly balls. He should be playing catch in the next few days. Uh, we got all the new reports coming in. You got the, you got Soto's who's here. You got 
Verdugo was here. You got all the guys who've been kind of working out in Tampa for a while. What are some of the big um, storylines going coming into spring training? Like, Paul, I'm going to throw it to you first. What do you think some, one of the biggest storylines for spring training is going to be? Uh, I'm go- I'm going to go with Jose Trevino being out for a couple of weeks. I think it gives a good opportunity to like Ben Rice and a couple other kids to catch Carlos Navarra and Ben Rice to get a couple days and let's see Luis Tira- uh Luis Terrans again. Let's see some of the um, let's see some of the other catchers to give them an opportunity to uh, you know get a couple of weeks and get some experience with the pitchers under their belt. It'll be uh, August, Augustin Ramirez and such. It'll be a good. Uh, chance for them to see some big league pitching and be around the club a little bit more and maybe even catch a game or two. And also learning from a lot, from all the big league guys too, you know, like, uh, I mean, you know, Trevino's going to make the team, but at least you get an opportunity to see those other kids get some at bat, especially Ben Rice and Ramirez. That's, that's kind of where I'm focused right now. Like let them get a couple weeks worth of games. And then it gives Wells a good opportunity to see if he can uh, hit consistently and be the number one catcher. What you, so let, let me let me let's stay on that for a second. With Austin Wells, you what do you think? You think the beginning of the year it's going to be 60-40 Trevino, and then by the end of the year it's going to flip the other way, or you think Wells is going to be a one? No, I think Wells is sixty forty easy. I think as long as he can hit his weight, it'll be. I mean, it'll be Austin Wells. You're going to want it, the the youth to take over there. So what do you think it's just going to be Trevino p- catching Cole, and then Trevino catches? I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, someone else. Three guys for Wells, two for Trevino, and call it a day. Okay, I'm with that. I mean, maybe you have like a third guy if you have a third guy. I mean, there's what five catchers on the forty man, so if something like goes down where you want to carry one guy, if there's a double header or something, you can carry okay. that extra guy. No, definitely, Scott. What about you? What do you? What are your thoughts? Well, just speaking on the catching position, you know, the one thing, um, obviously, being as a pitcher as I was, you know, when you like a guy to catch you, you know, and they put somebody back out there behind a plate that you're not real, not that you're not comfortable with them, you're just not always on the same page because it doesn't happen as often, right? Like, that's why sometimes I didn't like catching, I didn't like pitching Sunday day games for two reasons. Number one, they were during the day, easier, easier for hitters to see the ball. You know what I mean? And then most of the time, you know, they'd always put a backup catcher in. They give the main guy a break because he just caught Saturday night. They don't want to back to back him, you know, you know, finish at 1030 and then start the next game at one o'clock next day. And so it's always like to me, I always felt like I was button heads, you know. So but with Wells and Trevino, obviously, you know, during spring, um, you know, they're going to really have to try to figure out who, you know, who likes who, you know, Gary Cole can pick his catcher. You know, um, sure. pretty much. You know, um, and and then some of the other guys. You know, when you get bigger names on your team, like I, I never got to the point where I could pick my own catch. You know, I wasn't that. I wasn't that. You know, Ace Boom Coon on the team. Um, but you know, but then you know, who does Stroman like? Right? Does Stroman if he likes Wells and you know he's like well, you know, what I mean, so it's just it's it's really tricky. But at the one, that's one thing that I always like to try to figure out. You know, because whoever's pitching behind Cole, you know, if Cole. Once Trevino, you know, if that's his guy, then the number two guy hopefully is going to like Wells. So let me ask you a question, Scott. In this instance, we have a young catcher here, and we're talking about how Trevino is going to catch Cole, right? Yeah. So as a young guy, don't we want to see Austin Wells catch everyone, especially because if Cole doesn't opt out, he's like a long-term deal. He's probably going to end up 
catching Cole in like a year, maybe two at most. He's going to have to because he's going to be the number one catcher. Should we start that now? Like right out of spring, like go go catch Garrett Cole, baby, because you're going to be doing that a few times during the season, and you're going to do that next year and probably the year after if you have Garrett Cole's though. There's only one person can really answer that question. That's Gary Cole. You know what I mean? Because it's really is does who does he want behind it catching him, right? Uh, who who's going to put down the number? But at some point, what's that? But at some point, he has no option in that because Trevino's going to leave. That's right. I mean, and, and at some point, that could happen. But at, with with the year he had last year, oh, I don't absolutely. think he's he's not going to change anything. And, and right. I'm not he saying he can't because guess what? No. That can happen in spring training. You know, I mean, a worst case scenario, Gary Cole can nowadays just put the, the thing on his wrist and right. just tell them, boom, this is coming. Right. Absolutely. Um, but obviously he's going to want he's going to want somebody, you know, I mean, he's going to want somebody can frame up balls, block up balls, you know, get him in a rhythm, do the things that's going to make him, you know, because every pitcher likes the pace of play, their own pace of play. Obviously, the you know, the, the pitch clock has changed that for some, but some guys are still faster than others, even with the pitch clock, you know? So at, at some point, yes, you know, and that's one thing spring training could be for, you know, like, Hey, right. I'm out there for a couple, couple outings and, and they, they, they might click, you know what I mean? Cause all it takes is one or two good games. Absolutely. And, and it's just, it's a confident thing, confidence thing, you know? And, and it's just, you know, uh, Wells believing that, Hey, I, I want to, I know Wells wants to catch the ace. Obviously who doesn't, everybody wants to catch the best, right. you know? But I think whoever he's, he's comfortable with, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's still going to come down to, you know, you're going to have to hit a little bit uh, to, 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 like you said, to to, go, to, to turn that position and, and stick to, you know, more than the other one. Yeah, I was just, like like I said, I was just considering Austin Wells catching at least everyone one time through or something or two times through just to see that familiarity, see where they stand, because you know he's the future. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of where I was going. That You know that eventually he's going to have to catch an ace whether it's Garrett Cole or someone else. 100%. No, well, I'm with, you, go, you go first, Scott, because I was no, going to think yeah, back I'm, off I'm, that. I'm oh, definitely with you that. on that, but like I said, if Garrett Cole had, had a bad year last year, he'd probably be like, I, I don't really care, put whoever up back there, you know what I mean? But gotcha. he had such a dominant year. You just know, the familiarity with it's just, and being that and Baseball guys are so superstitious, you know what I mean? So you and just hope be, in I'll this be case – Trevino passes down knowledge to Wells or yeah. knowledge to Wells about Cole and it all works out in the end. hundred percent, you know, okay, cool. but, uh, but like I said, it, you know, it's, you know, it's, uh, it is a very tricky situation, but, you know, but at the, like I said, at the end of the day, nowadays with the, the new technology, you know, the, with the pitcher being able to really call his own game from his wrist, a lot of that, a lot of that stuff is going to go away compared to back in the, in the, you know, back in the day, like when I played, Gotcha. Well, definitely. And to kind of piggyback off that, I mean, you're talking about Cole picking who he wants. Number The number two guy is Carlos Rodon, and Carlos Rodon was was being caught. Austin Wells catches Rodon, so it kind of works in that favor. And then you still – and, Paul, like you said, we, you were talking about everybody else, but you left out Ben Rovit. You know, he's he's still on – he's also on that 40-man. So yeah, gotta, but there's so many get, people at this point that are okay. – you have five guys on the 40. Oh, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have they're gonna have to trade some guys. So they're, they're, right, this if Ben Rice yeah. keeps hitting, you have to find a forty spot for him. If you if you like what you see out of Luis Terrence, you got to find a forty spot for him to keep him around. He's probably got an opt out on that minor league deal. Not sure, but more than likely being a veteran, he's got an opt out on that minor league deal. 
He's, an, he's what, 20, isn't he like 27 years old? Or yeah, something he's like 27. That? And I mean, nobody seems to remember. He wasn't a bad hitter just a couple of years no. ago. No, not so, at all. Like, I mean, if you can get anything out of him on top of all these other catchers, like Ben can be DFA'd and we'll move on from that. And you still got so many catchers. Oh, you got tons. Oh. But I, I think Ben Rice isn't even going to be a catcher. I think he's, he's, so he's done a lot of first base. Just DFA oh. Rivera. Oh yeah, Rover. I, I was yeah, I was thinking yeah. I was thinking yeah, about yeah. I was thinking right yeah I was thinking about yeah. Rice move right get Rice ready for first base in case you don't want to bring bring um, Rizzo back the next year save some money that was you can save you can save what another seventeen million dollars that way next year and both you know give him the give him the four million dollar payout and then you can move Ben you know Ben Rice over to yeah. first base you got a left handed bat right there you got another lefty bat right there I mean go from you can move on but I know for me um, the me. It, it starts and ends with with the pitching. I mean, you, you're we're expecting Garrett Cole to be Garrett Cole. Not doesn't have to be Cy Young Garrett Cole, but the the ace level that he's been. But everybody else down that line is is a lot I mean, of question marks. I did you know? see today when we're talking about that, like Stroman's supposed to start the Yankee opener, and I, yeah, that's kind of interesting considering his past with the Yankee fans and such. And hopefully. It doesn't turn out to be a clunker because we don't need that on the first game at Yankee Stadium. Because if he throws a clunker in the first game at Yankee Stadium, this whole year is a disaster. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's against Toronto, too. It's a so it, it, team. If he throws like a six runs over three innings type of clunker, it's over. Season's over because he's going to get – it's going to be a mental issue for him. And on top of that, the fans are going to get on every single time. But he did put that – I think it was on IG or Twitter – and it was pretty awesome. It makes you like want to run through a wall for him. He had a nice little thing today he ran, put on there. Yeah, yeah, I, saw, yeah I saw that. So that's kind of cool. So at least he looks like he's ready and he really he wants to this challenge of New York. I mean, he he wanted he wanted to be a Yankee. He got he got mad that he wasn't tra- that he you know when all those trades were happening, he was mad he wasn't traded to the Yankees from Toronto. He was mad that the Mets didn't didn't trade him to to the Yankees. He got mad that the Mets didn't resign him. He wants to be he wants to be in New York. He wants to stay in New York because he's from New York. So I mean. He's got it. He's, you know, he's he's talking about. He's putting all the all the weight in the world on his shoulders to be to be here and show to show everyone what kind of dog he truly is. So, I mean, having him with less <clears throat> with less pressure, pressure at the number three, yeah, at the, in the three hole, that's not bad. I mean, three, four, somewhere around there. I mean, for me, it's it's Rodon. I mean, Rodon's come back a lot lighter than and he was Nestor. last year. Nestor needs to be healthy, and Nestor needs to provide something. I'm not saying he needs to provide his All Star caliber. That he did, no, but I need something out of you. I need five, I need five and a half, five and a half to six. Yeah, innings give me five game. innings a game. Just make it so you're wearing the game a little bit, eh? Yeah. I don't need Maybe. that All Star level a couple of years ago. I don't need that. I'd love that, but I don't need that. I don't think. I don't think with the new rules that he's able to that he can do that, especially his frame and everything. His, his, his pitching frame, with all the funky movements he does, he needs to, he needs that recovery time that he doesn't that he can't get. So. Right. I think that you give me five, maybe at top six innings, you know, get middle of the season, you start giving me six, but then you kind of, you limit it along the way. Like he's, he's good for what? 150 to 175 innings. I think if he goes in totality in that, in that window, I think he's good. But like right. I said, Carlos Rodon is the guy is, is, is the, is the guy that I need. I need, you know, if something happens, good. you know, within the last couple of weeks, the Yankees <laughs> could always go down the line and go visit old friend, Jordan Montgomery or, Go get Snell too. They're still out there. They're still for grabs. And I think that if something does happen to Strowman or does happen to somebody, you got to make that call immediately. Give them what yeah, they you want. Th- well, you, th- I need you think that. you think they're going to be you think they're going to be available within two weeks? 
I don't. I, I have a feeling that one of them is going to be. I mean, board. it seemed like most of Scott Boris's clients been hanging out all the way to spring training the okay. last couple of years. I oh. mean, and if that because they were trying to go for Max Dollar, obviously, but I mean, his his client list that's hanging out there is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he's got Cody Bellinger hanging out there too. How do you? How's that guy? An elite player like that still hanging out there. Somebody's got to go and just throw the money at him. Here you go, pal. Well, I mean, Bellinger, Bellinger's kind of is in that spot where it's, hey, I got, I had a really good year last year, but the previous few years beforehand weren't that great. So it's kind of he, he played I'm that just role. Saying, like in general, or like yeah. if a need is is happening, not even on the pitcher fight. If a need happens, Brian Cashman has to make the call. If we're going for twenty eight and going all in, like they claim. If something comes down, right, like tomorrow, if something happens to somebody on, on the hill, Brian Cashman, you better make that call. If someone happens to the outfield, you better make that call to Whit Merrifield, Cody Bellinger. And, hey, that's all. That's all with the caveat. I still always say, I always say it's the caveat because I still think Howell's going is. Pulls, I've pulls been a fan of getting fight. Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman. Chapman's still out there for third base. Oh yeah. If if you have if you don't have production out of DJ and Peraza, maybe couple weeks in and Chapman does still hang out there, you gotta make that call. I still I we went through we went through last week. We went through where we think no, I got you. I'm just where saying where everyone's like, going and, and and I I've heard you know I think a lot of us I think Dave was the only one who turned around and said that he thinks he you know I think that's just him pulling at his heartstrings to bring Mont- Montgomery back but because I don't think that's happening. But I still I, but everyone else I don't think a lot of guys, a lot of us were saying that that any of those four guys are gonna wind up on the Yankees. I think they're all go they're going elsewhere. I, I mean you know? the way the team's set right now, sure. But I'm saying if an injury happens or someone doesn't produce, yeah, I, I think if, if someone, I, move I, I think, if, yeah, I think if I think if someone doesn't produce, then they, then they got they're just going down. They're just they'll just find someone else. They'll do, they'll do the Scranton shuffle again or the Scranton shuttle. Do we want that me. though? Because the Scranton shuffles provide yeah. us with nothing. No, no. Recently, the hasn't done Orioles, the Everson Pereiras, the Oswald Porrazos of the world. Yeah, they're great prospects at one point, but they didn't produce here. When did paying for airfare become so unfair? At Southwest, we do things differently. So differently, we invented a word for it. Transparency. Transparency means we don't dream up ways we can trick you into paying more. It means respect. Because we don't just fly you. We like you. Need points for that special vacation this year? Visit the Southwest Rapid Rewards link on our link tree and make a purchase of Southwest Rapid Rewards points today. I'd much rather have a Whit Merrifield, a Cody Bellinger, a guy that I know can produce in the big league level. Oh, yeah. Well, Whit Merrifield, I heard his his contract situation is coming to a quick close right now. Like, I think I I heard something that he's on the verge of signing. He's on the verge of signing. So, I mean, you could pretty much take him off the list. But I I do believe that. At some point, you know, pitching wise, you're going to see a Will Warren. You're going to see, yeah, no, Chase Hampton is going to be, I think, too far away. I don't think you're going to see a Chase Hampton this year, but I definitely think you're going to see a beat. You're going to see Clayton Beater, and you're going to see Will Warren this year up in the up in the up in the show. I think they're going to be pitching, not the 50 innings, but you're going to you're going to get a few a couple. You're going to get a few spot starts. Clayton Beater is going to be a reliever, long relief guy, maybe make a spot start. That doesn't excite me, man. Give me yeah. give me a guy that proven it. Give me the Jordan Montgomery of the world. I, I want to no, exactly. go out there and win now. I'm not trying to like get these guys two innings. I want to like, I don't know. It's just something about having to prove it guy. If you're trying to win now versus a guy that hopefully we just roll the dice and get something bluggy. 
you know, but that's what that's the Hal Steinbrenner way right now. That he he made yeah. his big deal. He did his big it. deal to get to you know to sign off on Soto, and he kept on saying the job's not done. Job's not done. What did he do? What's 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 any other big deal he did? He signed Mark Stroman. That's it. No, Talks I gotcha. You know, he talked. He they were in talks with uh with with Josh Hader. They were in talks with somebody. They were in talks with this person. Nothing else came through. Brian, you can't you can't blame Brian. At a certain point, you can blame Brian Cashman for some things, but when it comes to all these free agencies and, and when when House turns around and says, "Oh, we're not done here," and then won't won't pull the trigger and right. won't let his people pull the trigger and and spend more money, there that's the, that is in in the nutshell of what House Steinbrenner does. That he makes the one big move and then backs off and says, "Okay, we're done. We're good now. We can just we can now work on the on the margins." Right. No, I got you. But you know, yeah, I was saying, yeah, the one thing is, uh, no, no, I say the one thing is, uh, yeah, I think a lot of those guys still sitting out there. You know, Boris is waiting to see, you know, who gets desperate. And I think, honestly, I think a lot of teams are calling this bluff right now because nobody seems desperate. You know, I mean, even you look at the Yankees. I mean, could they use Montgomery? Sure, right. But if the guys they have are. are can can go out there and just kind of be themselves, right? They, they don't they don't need that another twenty five million dollar salary on 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 the books. Uh, same thing with Bellinger. You know, I mean, Bellinger's. I mean, the Cubs are dying to have him back at a certain price, um, but I, I think they're waiting for somebody. You know, somebody to get hurt. But do, do, if those guys sit out two, three, say, say if they sit out to the middle of March, they they they're just setting themselves up to hurt themselves during the season because. You try to have, you know, you have try to have a two a two week spring training, and ramp up, you know, especially for a pitcher, man. It's it's not going to happen, you know. Um, no, well, this is what part, you, well, well, Scott, you know this, Scott, because you know because you've you've met you've met and you know Scott Boris. He has his own little he does his own little straight spring training camps for for all of his guys that are out there. So not the same. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, you're right. It's not the same, me. but at least they're they're getting a little bit of work in. They, they are, but it's not the same. I mean, you can work out all you want. But you know, even a even a, a legit spring training game is closer to a real game compared to going out and throwing batting practice or throwing out live at bats to some some ex college players, a couple of pro guys trying to get jobs. So I mean, I'm what they're doing is good, but it's not the real deal, man. Because I I, I tell you all the time, I can go out and throw batting practice to my college to my you know and, and face hitters and not be sore. I go out and throw just live batting practice to my guys in spring training, legit spring training, and the next door, my arm's sore. I got some sore spots, and it's just, it's just two different levels, man. It's like, it's like running and jogging. You know what I mean? Um, you know what they're doing? What Boris is doing? His guys, they're walking. Spring training is like jogging. When you get to the major league, a legit game, you're sprinting. But so it's you can do all you want, but and that's why I can't understand because these guys are all got generational money in front of them. You know, um, you're talking anywhere from 120 to 200 million dollars. I just sometimes it, it, I look at it like so it's 210 million dollars worth getting hurt and having Tommy John and have to sit on your couch for a year and a half because the last thing a guy ever wants to do is sit on his couch and not be able to compete because like the worst thing ever in the major leagues is being on a team, being hurt. All you can do is show up. Do therapy, sit on the bench, and watch your guys, watch your teammates play. It's like literally for an athlete, that is the. I mean, you might as well just drive nails through their hands and through their feet, you know. Um, so I, I just don't get these guys. And, and is it Boris, you know, showing that hey, I got to set the market because you know if he does sign a bad deal, 
does that keep that does that keep the next superstar from signing with him because he signed a, a low deal for for Cody Bellinger, you know, didn't get him the 185, 90 million that he told him to get, only got him 130 million. Like, who's gonna spend 130 million dollars unless they just absolutely are asinine and ridiculous? You know what I mean? Um, so at the end of the day, I think these guys forget that what God gave them. You can work all you want. You can work as hard as you want, do as much reps, and you can hit. But God gives you, God gave me, and God gives these guys a special thing that most people don't get, right? So at some point, you have to look at them and be like, man, you know, God gave me a gift. Now God's providing me with an amazing amount of salary. I mean, you're talking about generations on generation wealth. Like, just find a team you're happy with, sign and go play. Right, because at some point, that gift is going to go away. 100%. At some point, your arm's going to dry up. At some point, the bullets are not going to be there. The speed is not going to be there, et cetera. But, like, I, I guess what I'm going with you is the go play thing. At some point, back, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, the, the Steinbrenners were willing to just go, here you go, have it. We want you. It seems like they're not willing to do that either anymore. Like, it used to be like, what's the what's money? What's the dollar? Yeah. They definitely, you know, obviously they've definitely changed. And, and, and salary cap is the salary cap. I, I yeah, think, absolutely, yeah. Not the salary cap, but, you know, the luxury tax. Right. And I'll be honest, if if old man George is still around, he'd be paying that luxury tax. He wouldn't care. Absolutely, right? absolutely. But, but hey. You have Cody Bellinger and Juan Soto in that outfield. There would be no question about it. You he would have had Bryce Harper. Yeah. The list of that goes on. Right. So, but you know, so you know, you got a generation that got passed down, and, and these guys are a little more like they run it more like a business, you know. Right, absolutely. George George ran it like a hobby, and he wanted to win, and he was going to do whatever it took to win. And if he didn't win, he's going to do something next year or at the All Star break to win more. And I mean, win I, more. up in New England, and I, I listen to a lot of the New England podcast, the New England Sports Network. It's almost like with the Red Sox. Uh, the Fenway Sports Group is doing with the Red Sox now. They're spending all their money in NASCAR and in their soccer team and at the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they're kind of not signing anything for the Red Sox. It's the same type of thing that, you know, unfortunately they're doing now, and it's hurting their market. It's hurting their fan base. No, 100%. We, we talked about that a few weeks back, man. I don't know what's going on in Boston, but, you know, they have some – you know, Yankee fans are obviously loyal. Yankee fans are – but Boston has some some serious fans too. So I, I just I feel sorry for those people in Boston. You know, um, obviously they waited a long time to win, and they finally did win. And now, you know, they had a very good base, and it's like they're just letting their base just melt away. And right, absolutely. I, I, I don't get it. Um, you know, I get it in some situations because some situations you, you don't have the following, you don't have the fan base, you don't have the diehards. But in Boston, they have them. Oh, absolutely. It's crazy. They, it's crazy they, this way, man. Yeah. I live in Connecticut, and it's it's bananas. I live more on the Rhode Island side, so it's yeah. like all kinds of Red Sox fans this way. And like I said, I get all those Red Sox networks, and they're killing them. Killing them. Yeah. No, I get but, it, man. But, but, yeah, but the Red Sox make one move. I still think – I I think, you know, Montgomery's heading up there. They make a, they make a move for Montgomery, and then the that whole narrative changes for them. Yeah, but I mean, they were killing them on the Chris Sale trade, but that's besides the point. They were killing them on that. And I have a couple of Braves fans up here, and they were like, they weren't very happy with the Grissom getting rid of him. So we'll see what happens. That's true. But I mean, that, that's a, I think that's a win win deal for both. I, so it's a win for the Red Sox because they get, they get young, controllable talent. It's a win, oh, for, it's a win for, for Atlanta because Chris Sale 
needed to get out of get needed to get out of Boston. And you know, it's that's a whole other thing. We're not a Red oh, Sox. Yeah, I know. I guess <laughs> I tracked us. Sorry about that. <laughs> we're, we're not a Red Sox podcast. I know. I know. I was just like, it was a spend thing. That's where I was going with that. The Red Sox used to spend, you know, whatever. Yeah, they both, well, they both right did because behind, it was a cold war. <laughs> yeah, it's a cold war between the two teams. That's why. And, and it goes to the business sense. Like like Scott said, the, the new Steinbrenners are running like a business, just like the Red Sox owners are running like a business now. Like, let's save some money and not worry too much about the product on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, but I think that's going across the board. I think now a lot, a lot of teams are kind of doing these ebbs and flows that they're, they'll, they would rather take the time through the draft. They t- spend the money. Sure, sure. But this is the mighty Yankees. This is the mighty Yankees that had no problem spending 200, 220, $230 million a year. It, this isn't the Tampa Bay Rays where they're, where they're producing young kids and putting them on the field and pocketing the TV money, pocketing the, all the, yeah. all the money. That, but, that right. But the difference, but like you said, think. the difference, the difference is that this isn't George's Yankees. This is Hal's Yankees. Right. He runs it on the spreadsheet. Yeah. He runs it by the spreadsheet. He turns right. around and says, okay, we can do this. And then we're good. We can do this next year. And when we're good, spend we baby, spend, let's get the 28. Are we, what are we waiting for? Well, you're waiting for Hal to, to kind of get his head out of his rear end. Yeah, and, it's and, been and, a long time. But I mean, the way I see it is this, this you know, I, I love the, the Juan Soto deal, but let, we're going to we'll talk about this for a second. How to promise that there's going to be changes and did nothing, didn't do any, didn't do any real changes throughout yeah, the entire Juan Soto could be for one year, right? Well, I'm saying, I'm saying this is that he got he did want they got Juan Soto, but they never did additional changes, they never did, they never did coaching staff, big coaching staff changes, they never did big uh personnel changes at all. Into in the in the front office in the in in the higher ups, they never did the big changes that they need to make, and no, it shows. And so when you're when he turns around and says the job's not done, and shows that he's actually not going to get the job done, what does that show, what does that show the Yankees? It shows the Yankees that yeah we're gonna we're gonna take we're gonna take our guys. We think our guys are great here, and then we're not adding to it. You got to right. figure you know now it's time you guys got to figure it out. So yeah. instead of getting that addition, that one more person, but. On the on the flip side of the coin, I mean, you can't blame him. I mean, he's spending forty million on Judge, spending thirty six on, no, on Cole, twenty seven on Rodon, twenty on you know almost yeah. twenty on on Rizzo, fifteen on on what's on um, DJ, got twenty three into Stanton. I mean, there's only so many big contracts he can lay out. He can't. Be, he right, can't. Right. He's not no, gonna. Yeah. You know, he's not gonna throw another twenty five to thirty at, at Jordan. But at Montgomery. some point, that goes back to Brian Cashman too. So well, we got to well, look at that in a whole. New well, some of those. Well, some of those. Some of those are, are. Some of that's on Cashman. Some of that's on How. I mean, How haven't How spending forty million on Judge. Is a, is, that's no, a How thing. You. you know, thirty six million on on Cole. That's a, that's. A I mean, we Cashman. discussed this last week, Mark, yeah. about how all these teams are signing some of the young prospects cheap and early. The Yankees need to hurry up and do that to Anthony Volpe to other pieces. If you well, think, think they're going to be a future piece, do it. But do you think? Well, that's a that's a whole other conversation. Because do you think? I think if you, I think they're waiting to see. I think this is the year that they'll they'll decide on Volpe because his uh, his peaks and valleys were too big last year. I mean, but you have, you have teams doing that with minor leaguers. You have teams oh, yeah. doing that with young prospects, with young kids. Just do it. I mean, I, I understand. Well, if it, I was, but those teams, those teams are doing those teams are doing it without having to spend the forty million dollars on a judge and the thirty six on a Cole. Like they can do, they can they can spend that money on those kids now, because those are the Anthony Volpe, 
we'll say eight million here now versus if he's a hot commodity five years from now when he gets paid, it's going to be 35, 40 then. It's the Aaron Judge argument. If you would have signed him before free agency, it would have been a lot cheaper than when he got the free agency. Yeah, but they they tried to sign him before free agency. Yeah, they but they tried to sign him before free agency and he turned it down and he went to free agency. I'm talking about when he was young, though. I'm talking about when he was young, young. Not one year from free agency. Right. But when he was young, young, what was the thing? What was the knock? It was every year he was injured. Every single year he got injured. Can't his one, his one, his one, his one. Can't be scared. I get, you, I get what you're saying, but he was, but he was injured. You can't, you're, you're gonna, you couldn't, you couldn't make your bets on the, on an injured, on that kind of injury, on those injuries because they weren't the same injuries. They were all different injuries. But Some the thing flu- about it is, they, they didn't, they didn't, and he had the biggest year in the biggest moment, and he stumbled for forty. Yeah, you know, exactly. sometimes, exactly. like I mean, you know, Wit obviously he's been healthy, but I mean, you know, they they taking they they're taking a chance and spread it, you know, spread it out and you know. Trust me, it doesn't matter who you are, how big or how small or how what you. You mean everybody's possibly injury prone, you know, um, but 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 I, I see both sides because you don't want to really pay a guy that's been hurt. But then again, you almost, you always look at judging like that dude is a generational talent, size, arm, power. I mean, even if you don't know like sh- crap, even if he doesn't figure it out, and if he just half as good as he was when he was, you know, before he got the big deal, he still would be, you know, you, if you had him for 20 million, you know, he, or, you know, 22 million, now, you know, now you can go get Montgomery. Exactly. But the, but, the, but that flip, but that goes down to the flip side of the coins that they, they give out these big contracts to people. So they have to kind of then balance their books out by having these younger talent. They have to have a, your Peraza's, your Volpe's at 750 K. Yeah. You have to, have, you know, right. your no, Dominguez at seven fifty k, your Wells at seven fifty k. You you got a bunch of guys there at seven fifty. You know, you got what five six guys at seven fifty k. That kind of lessens that blow a little bit while you're t- while you still got your top end, and then they can start earning it along the way. As some of those other contracts then kind of dissipate and they kind of go off to the side. I'm gonna tell you the, the one thing that I've noticed in baseball, and I'll be honest, it's the same thing in football, uh, but anytime a team, just my opinion. You know, you look at you look at um, the Dodgers and just use the Astros as example. Name me one bad contract on it on those two teams. They don't really have them. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but they're doing the same thing we just discussed. They signed Acuna really cheap. They signed a lot of their kids really cheap. I mean, for what they got Acuna, he's a generational talent. And they got him for super cheap. Yeah, no doubt. And I look at the Cubs. I look at the Yankees, and I'm not saying they're bad teams. But it's like they're always hamstrung because they have a, a like you know the Cubs had Jason Hayward. They had, you right. know, they had some. They just had they had three bad contracts on the books, and you got three bad contracts on the books. I mean, and, and I'm not saying like DJ. I mean, if DJ LeMayu comes back healthy, you know, he's a good player for 15 million. But, but I'm questioning if even if he doesn't. This when he's third, what 35, 36 years old. I mean, yeah, he's not going back to a three ten hitter. Right, you know, so you mean you look at Giancarlo Stanton. So I mean, those guys have to be healthy, and they have to have above average. They have to better themselves last year than they did last year, significantly. You know what I mean? Or at some point, you just got to cut ties and say that's when you that's when you bring some kids up and say, "Hey, we're gonna figure this out. We're gonna figure this out one way or another." Right. Well, they yeah, well, that's what they tried doing last year. They brought up they brought the kids up at the end of the year. I mean. You have your Everson Pereira, who 
in the big leagues didn't didn't do well, but I mean he had a decent he had a pretty good minor league year. He had Austin also had a pretty good minor league, minor league year, but you know came up at the end of the year he batted he batted under the Mendoza line, but you kind of let him let him work out his things. You brought up with Anthony Volpe, he didn't perform. He, overall, he he performed averagely because his his defense actually outweighed what he produced offensively. So it's a it Anthony Volpe is just a, is a very very I we've talked about it on the show a bunch of times especially Danny and I we were Danny and I for a long time we were on the opposite ends of the stick on Volpe and then just letting it letting letting that series marinate and we actually came back to we actually were at the middle and we're both agreeing with each other on a, on a lot of stuff about him but I think for Volpe this is this year is this is his big year because if he doesn't perform this year <clears throat> I think that with especially with Glaber being a free agent then, then the Yankees have to start making moves, and they have to start really de- debating like who they're gonna if they're where they, where he's going to be in the in the long run, because they're gonna have a lot of guys coming up, and they got plenty of middle infielders coming up, and Volpe might find himself out on out in, in left field or out you know out of a job period with all these kids coming up, and then they're hungry and they're gonna be moving through that system very fast, but well, you know, the one thing too to speak on what you're talking about bringing the young kids up. Bringing the young kids up late in the year, honestly, to me, is sometimes it's, it's, it's good to get them some some reps. It's good to get them in a big league locker room. But I'll be honest, like when you when when you're out of the playoff race, would say two three weeks ago, you know, it's probably the most miserable time you ever have in a big league. So those guys getting thrown into the fire. It's just not the. It's, I mean, obviously, it's still big league baseball, but it's not the same. You know, you take you know you take Wells, and say you bring him up in May when every game, every pitch, every inning counts. It's a totally different atmosphere. You know, right. not that he's not locked in. It's just that the the surroundings, everything that's surrounding him. You know, uh, when you look at it, like okay, oh my god, with thirty five games out, and we got thirty five thirty to play. Uh-huh. You know, we literally show up to the park. Scott, if that happens in New York, we're in big trouble. It's going to be like Bronx will be burning. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I don't want to say guys don't care. It's just not the same atmosphere, you know. So you, you put a guy in the game and you give him some reps. But, it like, you know, if you get, if you put some young kid, you know, in the mix of the other nine guys playing, the other eight guys playing around him, you know what I mean? It's just – it's a little bit more – it's a little bit a better atmosphere for guys to catch on. Because, obviously, the guys, if, if they're a top prospect in the organization, they can play baseball. You know what I mean? They, they have something special about them. Um, you just got to surround them with the right protection, I guess the best way, you know what I mean? Surround them with protection um, so they can just go out, get comfortable. Because at some point, you know, they they have to start knocking some of the rust off. No, I got gotcha. you. Oh, very true. Very true. But, uh, you know, so with, with all that being said, um, one, there's not many battles. I don't think there's many battles to be won for spring training. Maybe a, maybe a back, maybe a bullpen piece, but starting pitching is pretty set. Start the starters on, on, on the field are set. Bullpen is probably it. But, I think a more. I think we can talk about some of the who you're, you know, Paul. Who are you excited to see on the um, non-roster for the non-roster invites? And I'm going to put this up for those who are watching right now. We'll put this up there, Paul. Tell me so out of the names that you see up there. I mean, I'm a big Caleb Durbin fan. Getting him from the Braves, mm-hmm. a little speed guy that puts the ball in play real well. Really excited about him. I'd like to see him 
kind of float around a little bit between shortstop, second base. Obviously, Chase Hampton, obviously Spencer Jones, two of the top prospects. Obviously, Ben Rice. TJ Rumfield, want to see some of him at first base maybe. Um, see if he can hit his same thing, see if he can hit a little bit. Otherwise, there's not too much that is overly exciting. Will Warren too. But otherwise, there's not too much of excitement on there to me. I mean, Brandon Lockridge, let's see what he got. He's been around the block and some more. I mean – Jeter Downs, maybe. I mean, see if he's got uh, he's, 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 he's a quad A guy. He's kicked it around a little bit. Come on. He's been he's kicked around, but but you know, I mean, he was a, he, he, everyone gives him a look because he was he was a he was a first a high a high pick at I mean, one point. So. Think about it. They already DFA'd him and no one picked him up after they DFA'd him. Oh yeah. Every team had an opportunity at him twice through because he got DFA'd and the Yankees got him. Then the Yankees DFA'd him. So that means twice through what 30 teams wasn't excited about him. I mean, at some point it's just like, okay. And just, I can't, I don't know. I just can't get behind. And again, like, as you stated before, there's a lot more middle infield prospects that are sitting there ready to go. Not necessarily on the, the, the down roster invitee list, but that have a better shot at something oh, sooner yeah. than him. Oh yeah, no. I'm. I mean, listen. I'm super. I'm super excited for this low A Yankee team because I think that thing that team is going to be. That thing that team is going to be crushing the ball. I mean, you got. I got four guys. I'm watch. I want to watch right now. You got, Rogers. Number one of, of all of them is Roger Arias, who's going to get the majority of the line share of. You know, another guy. Actually, I was kind of excited, and I I didn't actually. Sorry about interrupting you, Oscar Gonzalez. Sounds silly, but it's it's only two years ago he had what. 27 doubles, I think it was 10 or 11 home runs, and he hit almost 300 for Cleveland in, in what, 90, 100 games. So, like, he had a pretty good season in 90 games. I mean, I just pulled it up. 91 games, he hit 296. Like, that's pretty exciting. I mean, 789 OPS, come on. How is that not exciting? And you you brought him in as a non-roster invite? That's crazy. That's kind of exciting to me. Like, maybe that's your fourth guy. Maybe that's your fourth outfielder. Oh, um, that kind of. Did- I mean, I understand he hit two fourteen last year. I get it, but he in twenty twenty two had a great year. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. I mean, so, no, I, just, know, I do think that I do think I do think the I do think the outfield is kind of a uh, outfield is. Like I said, outfield is too too much set, and so I think it would good. I think for him, it's more along the lines of show what you can do, and then use him in a trade for X piece. That's fine. If I get a middle reliever for him, that's fine. Give me yeah. a give me a give me a solid middle reliever for him. I'm okay with it. I get you. I get you. Um, and I mean, he's one quite of, young still too. I mean, never know. Still only 26. That's very that's young. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a handful of people that are in the, on the younger side of here. I mean, Yeri De, De, Yeri De Los Santos is is uh is 26 years old. I mean, he he was he pitched for Pittsburgh the past couple of years. I mean, stuff's not is you know he's he's got a 1.3 strikeout to walk ratio. I mean, he's not he doesn't have, it's not bad. I mean, 1.233 whip. So it's I don't know he. He'll give you a, he'll give you a handful of innings. I mean, he seems like he's no. Almost, I got he's you. A, I got you. There's, he's, there's, a, he's a he's a he's a three he's a three he's a three guy three batter guy. That's what he. But is, all I like. all I see on that list is is besides for the prospects, all I see for the veterans is back end bullpen help and third, fourth, fifth, 
infielders or outfielders. Yeah. None of those no. guys are like, you know, I understand like the Chase Hamptons, the, the Spencer Jones of the world. I'm talking yeah, about the Art Warrens of the world. Those guys, yeah. you know, those guys are back in bullpen. Art Warren, if he sticks in, into Scranton, if he sticks there, I bet you he gets a handful of innings by the end of the year because that's what the Yankees do. They, they, they always have one or two or three veteran guys that come from AAA when there's a couple injuries and let them get a handful of innings every year. Yeah, you know, the thing about it is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the guys in spring. Obviously, I'm, I'm interested to see Will Warren, one of Scotty's teammates, you know, at Southeastern in college. Um, Spencer Jones as well. But the one thing, kind of Will Warren's kind of going to be handcuffed because obviously him being a starting pitcher probably will get, you know, he'll get a couple early outings and then have to get shipped out to the minor leagues to start building up his pitch count, you know. Um, but hopefully, you know, first couple of weeks maybe you can see you know, when he's throwing only two or three innings, he can piggyback, you know, the the, the top guys. But once he starts getting three, four, once he gets the, the three, four, five inning, he's going to have to get shipped out. But, you know, right now, pretty much the big dogs in baseball have their team made, right? They have their they have their, their guys lined out. And then they have, a, you know, a buffer of a few guys in each, in each, 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 you know, middle infield, corner infield, outfield, you know, catcher. Um, only thing changes that most of the time for the big dogs is somebody gets hurt, right? Everybody stays healthy. You don't see many surprises. Um, but, you know, next you know somebody gets hurt. Somebody gets, you know, not going to start the season with the team. Somebody slides in. Um, you know, same thing with – and every once in a while you have somebody who just goes off in spring training and they're like, wow, we can't leave camp without this guy. But I'll be honest, it's very rare unless it's somebody that maybe had a little time with them the year before. But um, you know, but the key the key to every 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 roster is health, and if everybody stays healthy, everybody that goes to camp that's not really you know invited, you know, just roster invitees. They're they they they're just there to fill holes to play the back ends of games, you know. Um, but but it's a good experience for them. Oh, definitely, definitely. I think I don't know, any any type of any any time any of these, especially these these youngsters, then you know any or not even just youngsters, any of these you know. Quad A kind of major leaguers that they get they they're able to show themselves and they can find that maybe it's not they won't be with the Yankees but they'll be somewhere else where they can get themselves a job and someone else is going to remember them say oh I remember when remember he was just pitching before what what can he do for me right now so yeah, big, yeah, big league big league spring training daily daily per diem is a lot better than minor league spring training daily per diem uh, <laughs> so those guys really enjoy it hang out as many weeks as they can there you know oh, I get you I get you. Peanut butter and jelly, and pack the rest of that per diem in your pocket, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> a little bit of extra side money, man. That's right. It's a long way during the year. Hundred percent. All right, guys. I think that's going to do it for us tonight. So, uh, want to thanks every want to thank everyone for watching us. Uh, please remember, we got our website www.bronxmuchachos.com. We've got things coming out this year, so definitely check us out throughout the year. Um. Thanks for everyone for watching or listening, of course. Uh, don't forget to hit up SeatGeek. SeatGeek is where we're is promoting us. Uh, promo code Bronx Muchachos, all one word, all capital letters. Get 20 bucks off your first order with us. Uh, so for, for the guys who couldn't be with us, Dave, Danny, Alex, for Scott joining us, for all joining us, this is Mark, Bronx Muchachos, signing off. Peace. Bye, guys.